Merry Christmas, baby. You surely treat me nice. Merry Christmas, baby. You surely treat me nice. I feel like I'm living. I'm living in paradise. I feel real good tonight. And I got music on the radio. And I feel real good tonight. And I got good music on the radio. Now I feel like I want to kiss you. Underneath my mistletoe. Ew, I'm your sister. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast. Hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam. The first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro. Coach, author, and blogger. Who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah. And her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Well, a big happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I am your host, Sam Shorky. And I am her co-host and sister, Sarah. Well, this should be a very fun intro because we both love Christmas, eh, Sarah? Love it. (laughs) And we have spent many, many, many Christmases together. In fact, I think there's only ever been one that we did not spend together. Yeah, and that was your fault. Yes, I was living in Calgary. Living in Calgary (laughs) at the time. More importantly, what what is your favorite shorty holiday memory, Sarah? Gee, I I don't know. It's hard to pick one. There's just so much to love about the Shorky Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, for starters, Mom and Dad's place is right out of a Christmas card. You know, this log home with the wood stove, and it's so cozy, and it's decked out an insane amount of Christmas decorations. Not to mention a winter wonderland. Yeah, there's deer in the backyard, birds lighting on the railing Mm -hmm. outside the window. It's, It's just the perfect Christmas scene. Yeah, and it's also the only time of year that our whole family is actually together. Another reason I love Christmas. FYI, everybody, uh, we Shorkies, we're a pretty big immediate family. There are actually four of us. Sarah and I have two brothers and a half-brother, plus our parents, of course, and now between all of us kids, uh, not myself, but there are six grandchildren as well. Yep, and that's interesting because... Although I've experienced, you know, 40-some Christmases, things get very different when you throw kids into the mix. I remember pre-kids, I would stay at mom and dad's for like a week when you guys were all visiting from the West Coast, and it was all about having drinks, staying up till 2 a.m., telling stories, 
And then I remember my first Christmas as a parent. I could not get over how stressful Christmas was. <laughs> you know, okay, you wake up, open your gaps, and then it's rushing to visit both sides of the families and trying to schedule naps around gift opening and crabby toddlers who don't even give a shit. And <laughs> But then the flip side to that is that Christmas takes on this whole new form of fun because now you're watching your kids go through all the excitement that you remember as a kid and mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty awesome well i love the fact that the gym is always super dead in december so i get to uh enjoy some really solid lifts before of course the new year's resolution or mayhem sets in which i should mention i have a love hate relationship with the New Year's resolutioners, obviously as a uh, vegan trainer and nutrition coach, I love the fact that I it's usually a very profitable time of year for yes, the business, yeah. but as a meathead, it drives me insane that I have to wait for machines and all these people with awful form who are just half-assing it, but I don't want to be a hater. Any reason to get into the gym is a good one. I just am of the firm belief that we should make a conscious effort to be fit and healthy all year long and not just because it's the start of a new year. Yeah, December, January, I, I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, are you done your Christmas shopping? Hell yes! Oh yeah! It's a wonderful feeling. Mm -hmm, Nothing mm -hmm. more satisfying than knowing you are done. <laughs> Yeah, I think I actually, when I got home the day I was done, I threw my hands in the air, did a little, like, rocky bop, and started singing Queen's I am the champion. <laughs> yeah, my family just looked at me like I was a loser. Well, I did most of my Christmas shopping on Amazon, and I gotta say, when you do it online, it makes it so much easier, but half the shit hasn't even arrived yet, so everybody might be waiting a week or two before they actually get their present, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, oh, I'm all about the online. I only go to the stores for, like, stocking stuffers and final items, you know, or things I know I can find easily locally. If I had to Christmas shop in a mall, that would just destroy my Christmas spirit altogether. Did you get me stocking stuffers? I would prefer not to answer that right now. The kids Great. got you a little sort of silly something, but we haven't decided whether it will be an actual gift or, you know, something more appropriate for your stocking. Oh, I didn't get anybody stocking stuffers. What? Really? Yeah. You're normally the queen of stocking stuffers. I know. Yeah, I feel like you got really lazy this year for some reason. <laughs> and then must be falling in love. All of us don't matter anymore. Yes, well, I did get EC3 some really good gifts, but uh, I prefer to think the reason I suck this year is because I'm trying to be a minimalist. If you listen to our oh. episode three podcast on my half-assed attempt at minimalism. Yeah, you're such a liar. Oh, and speaking of that, in case everybody is losing sleep over this... I did buy a new mattress, so that was my expensive gift to myself, and I guess EC3, who will be visiting in a couple weeks, and I didn't want him to smell my musty olive oil body lotion mattress, which everyone can listen to the last episode on fertility if they are wondering what I'm talking about. I, I feel like EC3 should get me something special for uh, bringing this problem to your attention. <laughs> and thereby not having to be disgusted sleeping in your, your bed. 
I will be sure to let him know, although I'd probably rather just not talk about my <laughs> musty mattress ad nauseum. Oh, I see. Clogging toilets is okay, but musty mattresses, that, that you draw the line there. Yes. Anyways, uh, let's get back on topic right, here, right. because this episode, well, speaking of clogged toilets, is all about <laughs> oh. holiday gluttony. Gross. And more importantly... We are sharing some tips on how to stay on track over the holidays and not binge eat your way through Christmas and New Year's. And it's actually a little chat, not so much an interview, but this episode I thought it would be cool to chat with vegan dietitian Susan McFarlane, who was also a guest on the Protein Podcast a few episodes ago. And I wanted to chat with Susan this week because... She herself has battled disordered eating, and now she works with other vegans who suffer from eating disorders. And I just thought that because so many of us feel so much guilt and shame when it comes to our food choices, especially around the holidays, that Susan and I together would have some good tips for everybody to help you stay on track and not overindulge or feel like a disgusting bloated whale after any holiday feasts. So, uh, Sarah, what was that strategy you mentioned a week ago for justifying your holiday gluttony? Oh, you mean, (laughs) basically, I try to lose about five pounds early in December so that I can eat like a hog over Christmas and no real damage is done because everything kind of balances out and I end up gaining, you know, the five pounds in pure sugar and fat. Uh, That is a horrible idea (laughs) in case anyone is thinking... That we are suggesting. Yeah, it wasn't a suggestion for our listeners. That's just what I do. Okay, well, how about instead of focusing on losing weight or gaining weight, here's a good suggestion. Why not just practice moderation? That sounds like less fun. Well, thankfully, you are not the guest on this week's episode, so let us just move right along here, folks, and into my happy holiday chat with vegan dietitian Susan McFarlane and our tips for staying on track and surviving the holidays and, of course, avoiding guilt and shame around those food and lifestyle choices you make. Welcome to my little fireside chat, although there's no fire, and we are in my bedroom with Susan McFarlane, who is a registered dietitian, and you may remember her from the Protein podcast we did a few episodes back. Susan, not only is she a registered dietitian and a total babe and vegan, But she also loves to specialize in disordered eating, and I thought she would make the perfect guest to come back and have a little holiday chat with me all about binging around the holidays and uh, disordered eating around the holidays, and of course, something most of us feel at one point or another, and that is guilt and shame around our holiday uh, lifestyle and eating choices. Speaking of which, Susan and I are currently drinking uh, my favorite holiday drink of all. It is a shot of Kahlua, which is vegan, mixed with a almond milk latte. 
And what do you think, Susan? It's delicious. It is, right? It's setting the mood. Exactly. So we don't have a fire beside us to warm us or to toast chestnuts on, but we're getting in the spirit by drinking Kahlua and coffee like any true meathead would. Although I guess Kahlua has a lot of calories. But anyway... (laughs) Let us all welcome Susan. As I did mention, Susan, maybe you can talk a little bit more about this, but um, I know you mentioned on the Protein Podcast that your mother had an eating disorder, which negatively impacted your eating habits growing up. I thought it would be cool to bring her on because we both have a very different holiday family experience Basically, I want to eat everything in sight because I have an association with happy family, loving times, and my mom's desserts, and so it's really hard for me to uh, resist the temptation that comes along with it. Susan, what is your family experience around the holidays typically? So the complete opposite of that, mostly. So for me, the holidays are pretty challenging because my family loves to argue and it's uh, pretty hella stressful on me. So when I'm stressed, I tend not to want to eat like some people. Rather tend to drink more alcohol than I normally (laughs) would, which, you know, it's fitting we're having a little beverage now. I tend to do this because it just makes those uh, time or that time with my family just a little bit more tolerable. Which is is horrible to hear that some people have that experience, but I know Susan is certainly not alone. I definitely cannot relate to that sort of a situation, Um, but thanks for being honest about that. I'm sure many of our listeners are right there with you, drowning themselves in mulled wine and veggnog. This, I thought, would make a great topic to address right now, being right before the holidays. I thought we would give a whole bunch of good tips on how to not overeat or undereat, because obviously both of these behaviors are not healthy, but they do have one thing in common, and that is usually they are accompanied by guilt and shame. And as Susan mentioned, she gets super stressed out being around family this time of year. And when she's stressed, she actually eats less. Instead, she drinks more. And I'm assuming that's to numb the negative feelings that you're experiencing. But of course, my advice would be to still be mindful of your alcohol consumption, guys. Obviously, too much booze can definitely lead to some bad food choices, uh, which we will get into later on. But first, Susan, let's talk about the whole guilt and shame that maybe you personally experienced based on this holiday behavior you've mentioned. Yeah, so I mean, I should clarify by no means do I actually have issues with alcohol. You know, we're having a drink, but I'm mindfully indulging right now and I'm in a good spirit. So, Mm -hmm. but I do find it easy to justify having that extra glass of wine when dealing with these challenging family members. I tend to give myself permission to have more alcohol than normal since I'm not eating as much. Thinking this way kind of makes me feel really guilty since it's actually pretty disordered to feel like you're (laughs) saving your calories for alcohol. As a dietitian, you know, I should know better, especially because I work in this field of eating disorders. But I will say that I do challenge these thoughts 
as I don't want to let my disordered eating get any foothold or walk in, back into my life. So I force myself to eat a balanced meal even if I'm not hungry. And if I'm super stressed, I will tend to opt for a smoothie, which is pretty easy to get down when your stomach isn't feeling that great. And I'm actually really glad you touched on the whole self-awareness topic because this is, of course, something that can apply to any and all of us in any situation regarding our food or exercise habits. What I always tell my clients is be a non-judgmental researcher of yourself. And I actually encourage my clients to do the same kind of thing and gather data over the holidays using this information to actually develop a strategy for dealing with difficult holiday situations. Because in reality, these same challenges are just going to keep recurring year after year. So actually, let's hear a brief synopsis, if you will, of what this data gathering might look like for you over the holidays and what are some of the coping strategies that you would implement. So my data gathering would be different depending on if I'm visiting my family or if they are visiting me. So when everyone's at my house, I can't really escape as much. So that's when I tend to feel more stress and tend to increase alcohol consumption. However, when I'm traveling back home, I'm usually a little bit more relaxed and I tend to do a little bit of the opposite, engaging in some extras and I'm more likely to miss workouts. Some of my coping or you know what I do when these situations occur is I definitely tell myself it's okay to have a little more holiday cheer if you will. (laughs) Uh, I remind myself that alcohol though will only make the problem worse and I do set limits so no more than one glass of wine per day while my family's visiting. Okay which is not much at all. That's even a healthy amount a lot of people would say. And that's what I mean I'm going from zero alcohol to one glass a day which that to me feels like a lot. So when I go home, instead of working out, say like five to six days a week, I at least try to be active every second day and tend to do more kind of restorative things like yoga and hiking. And I also try to decide ahead of time how many treats I will eat and really try to make an effort to be intuitive so that I'm not overindulging for the wrong reasons. See, I'm actually kind of the opposite in that sense too because I always find that I will go super hard at the gym over the holidays more than anything because I just want to experience a peaceful workout with a lot of space before, of course, the annoying New Year's (laughs) resolutioners flood in and ruin my gym mojo. I did also want to mention that I I love this idea of having a solid strategy in place. And it it reminded me that Michael... Ladies and gentlemen, who was our guest on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he's actually visiting me in a few days and... As you might already know, listening, he's a psycho about his diet and training, and he's already formed his plan and strategy about how he's going to go about, you know, consuming my mom's homemade, gluten-filled, white, refined, sugar, and flour-filled treats while he's here following his strict keto diet. And so he told me a long time ago, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do heavy legs in the morning, and then we're going to go to your parents that night, and then I will adjust my carbs around those days. And 
So that might seem a bit crazy to uh, many of us, but it's just funny that you mentioned the planning and the Mm -hmm. strategizing and how important that is, because I do think it's really great advice, even if I would advise my listeners to eat food instead of alcohol. And again, being mindful of your booze consumption, try to limit it like Susan does to a couple of drinks per event and of course make sure you're drinking water as well and always trying to eat at least a little something between drinks even if it is just something liquid form like a smoothie as Susan mentioned. What I also find with the whole alcohol thing is I tend to make bad decisions later that night if I'm drinking If I have even just a couple drinks, my workout the next day sucks or it won't even happen. And depending how hungover you are, there is a good chance that you'll be really depressed the next day because alcohol is, of course, a depressant. Or you'll just continue making bad Mm. food decisions because you'll use that as your strategy to make you feel better. Yeah, definitely for anyone who's dieting or trying not to gain any holiday weight, a glass of wine with your Christmas dinner isn't going to make you gain 20 pounds. Just bear in mind, it's not exactly the best thing for weight loss either. I'll share with you guys a little bit of science and math right now. Basically, carbs and protein contain four calories per gram. And then you've got your fats, which have nine calories, and alcohol actually has seven calories. But the big difference is that alcohol is not an essential nutrient. So your body sees it as a toxin, as like a poison, you know, and it works to get rid of it. Whereas with food calories, your body will store them for later. But with booze, your metabolic system actually stops burning off the last food that you ate because it's now working on getting rid of the alcohol, which is kind of like pressing pause on your metabolism. And as I already mentioned, late night drunchies, as I like to call it, drunk munchies, Mm. never a good strategy. So make sure your strategy includes good things and not bad things. And then something else I wanted to mention uh, surrounding the whole guilt and shame topic is how often we will justify our bad holiday behaviors by saying or or telling ourselves, mm-hmm. oh, I'll get back on the horse come January mm-hmm. 1st. Oh, it's just the holidays. But once 2018 hits, everything will be different. And then what do we do? We end up eating and drinking our way through the entire month of December, feeling like crap, ridden with guilt. And my advice is, why not just have a moderate December instead? So that means not restricting yourself to the point you want to kill yourself, but also no big, giant, gluttonous holiday binges either. And if you do slip up here and there, guys, that is okay. If you notice the urge to go crazy on the holiday feasts, just take a deep breath. Simply remind yourself that how are you going to feel after you eat that? Or what is your mind going to feel like? Mm. What is the shame you're going to experience it? And is it really that worth it? Yeah, and you know, saying that you're going to change in the new year is not a great strategy if you're engaging in problematic eating behaviors in the here and now. Amen. Yeah, so if you can have a plan for dealing with your greatest food and fitness challenges, which, you know, usually the holidays are when it's the most challenging, Mm -hmm. the rest of the year will be a piece of cake. Yeah, totally. So I'm going to wager that many of the people listening to the podcast probably have the same holiday eating problem as me, 
which is definitely not uh, not eating enough. It's we're constantly giving into the temptation of treats that are shoved in our faces by loved ones the entire month of December. I'm not even just talking about holiday parties, but there are cookie exchanges and gift baskets everywhere. And, you know, on the plus side, we can always use the excuse of being vegan mm-hmm. as to why we cannot eat what is presented to us. Or for me, I will often, and this is actually true, but I'll tell people that I'm not indulging because I have a photo shoot planned for the first week of January. And for anybody else, you can come up with any valid reason of your own. But my point is that if you're going to feel guilty or shame for eating an entire package of candy cane flavored Oreos, then add to that strategy and plan of yours, you know, a couple of solid excuses or reasons as to why you're politely declining. Now, I don't think, you know, oh, I'm scared to gain weight is a solid reason for not spending time with, you know, those that you love. Just don't be afraid to say no. Mm. And the same rationale goes to declining holiday parties. Don't be afraid to say no to some events. And that means not feeling like you have to go out for New Year's Eve too it's it's just a rip off and overrated anyway i'll be in bed uh, by 10 oh see i'm a night owl right. I'm, I'm up until <laughs> two every morning and just kind of talking about the point you made the same thing kind of goes you know you can throw out food it is totally okay mm-hmm. so if you have something in the house and you know this can include alcohol that you really struggle to control yourself around you have my full permission to throw it out And so, you know, I know a lot of people listening might be saying, well, that's food waste. But I challenge you to redefine your definition of waste, of food waste, and start thinking of it as eating past the point of fullness or when you use food to deal with difficult emotions. Plus, you know, food is compostable. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, you know, if there's something in the house that you have a hard time controlling yourself around, the solution is not to never eat this food. But maybe instead of purchasing it and having, you know, your entire cupboard filled with candy cane Oreos, what you could do instead is just go out and buy, go to one of the vegan bakeries that you have in your city or somewhere at your grocery store and just buy one individual treat. Yes, and I love that you mentioned that because I used to do the same thing. During my competition prep, I would allow myself one cheat meal a week Mm -hmm. and rather than like cooking up something or, you know, eating three cookies of an entire package, I would plan for it that day that I was having the cheat meal. I would go and I would pick out one or two desserts at Whole Foods. Granted, sometimes it was four, but they were still individual (laughs) items. And I knew that, you know, as soon as it was done, that was it. And right back on that healthy train While we're on the topic, I also wanted to mention another helpful strategy when you are in attendance at any holiday gathering. So I never want anyone to feel so restricted that they cannot Mm -hmm. partake in a delicious home-cooked holiday meal because... For me, I know that's just not going to happen. There are certain things like my mom's homemade baked beans jam-packed full of sweet, sweet Canadian maple. (laughs) And by God, I'm going to enjoy a giant serving of them. What I will do is I will have the rule that I'm going to fill one plate only. So that means I can put whatever the hell I want on that one plate 
no seconds, no matter how forceful grandma or my mom is. Oh, grandma and mom. <laughs> Seriously, the people we actually eat with can influence how much we eat. So mm. we have this tendency to match someone's eating pace and even eating volume. And if one of our loved ones gets up and goes for a second, it kind of gives us permission to go and do the same. <laughs> yeah, good so point. a few strategies that I use with clients around this time of year is, you know, when it comes to the main eating event, is serve yourself the vegetable dishes first because they're probably going to take up more room on your plate. You definitely want to slow down. You know, think about you being the one to set the pace because maybe then you'll kind of have a positive influence on those around you. Definitely don't linger around food because the more you're going to linger around food at the table or the snack table or the appetizers or the desserts, I guarantee the more food you're going to eat. Right. So keep serving dishes off the table. Do things buffet style. Leave everything, if possible, in another room. And if you really do need seconds or really, really want to have seconds, wait at least 20 minutes to allow your brain to catch up with your stomach and determine how full you are and how many seconds you actually need to reach that point of satisfaction and fullness. Um, and yeah, what I'll, I'll do too is I'll drink water with my meal. So if I feel like I'm eating too fast, I will actually be mindful of that and go, you know what? I still have half a plate left, but I'm just going to chill out for a minute and drink half a glass of water before I continue eating. And then in, in terms of like the actual food that I will eat, another good strategy that I like to implement is I will make my own healthy vegan treats mm -hmm. so that instead of feeling like I'm missing out, right? FOMO, yo, on all the uh, good stuff. Whenever I'm tempted by my mom's delicious tarts or squares, I'll just go grab one of my little gingerbread protein balls that I have brought with me. Having that plan in place and figuring out your strategy in advance. Right, Susan? Yeah, now I feel cheated, though, because we're just having coffee and I don't get to taste your <laughs> gingerbread protein ball. If I had enough <laughs> butter, I would make you some now. Well, darn it. And so what I said, what really works for me is deciding how many treats I'm going to have ahead of time. And I think I'm generally able to stick to the plan because I've really done a lot of work on becoming an intuitive eater, and I don't feel this urge to overindulge. Mm, and this actually reminds me of something that I talked about on our sugar addiction podcast episode where I mentioned that the number one question we should all be asking ourselves whenever we're faced with any kind of discomfort around food um, or stress or anxiety or if we're about to binge on, you know, 12 dozen gingerbread men, we need to ask ourselves, are we really craving sugar right now or are we actually craving connection or something else? And I think that's such a powerful mm -hmm. question to ask ourselves. And oftentimes I think you will find that it's not the gingerbread man that you actually <laughs> want. You know, just asking, what do I really need right now? And is there perhaps another way you could get it that doesn't involve inhaling a dozen uh, vegan butter tarts? Yeah, you know, I think it's so important to ask why you were engaging in such behavior. Mm -hmm. So, you know, using my example of dealing with my family, I, I understand and recognize that I'm doing it. Well, first, because 
I really enjoy having that one glass of wine. And second of all, I do find it a little easier to deal with these family members. But, you know, deep down, and I, I recognize this, that it's not healthy for me to have more than that one drink, either physically or mentally, nor would it actually be solving anything. It'd probably just be making it worse. Mm-hmm. And see how everything we're saying is all linking back to the very same first tip Mm -hmm. that we mentioned, which is being self-aware and being a non-judgmental researcher of yourself and being a data gatherer, as Susan mentioned. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you live in a frozen wasteland like Susan and I do here in Ottawa, Ontario, eh? You always want a latte or a big bowl of hot vegan stew or chili whenever you're outside or stuck indoors due to a snowstorm. You know, it's very common for us to claim that, oh, I'm so cold, so I just want to eat something, you know, really hearty and warm and comforting. Believe me, I always crave a nice mulled wine on a cold winter's night. Yeah, have you ever had mulled wine before, Susan? You mean winter sangria? Yes, exactly. I have. Frickin' delicious, folks. And we totally need to make some. Maybe I'll post a recipe on the show notes for this episode because if you guys have not tried mulled wine, I'm telling you, it's a game changer for winter Mm -hmm. alcohol options. But anyway, some tips to stay warm and not overeat this winter instead of immediately, you know, headed towards the cupboards or the fridge, take a hot shower or a bath. Have a hot cup of tea instead of the mulled wine, perhaps. <laughs> um, put on an extra sweater. Uh, turn up the heat or cuddle under a blanket. Or better yet, have some hot sex. Sex with toasty socks. Slipper socks. Yeah, and you know, they have those little slippies, the little grippers <laughs> on the bottom. So they'd be perfect for any standing position. <laughs> or positions where your feet will be sliding all over your partner's sweaty body. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, just a last few words of encouragement for all of you vegan listeners out there. Remember, guys, we're friggin' vegan. Our options are probably going to be limited anyway. Um, but if your family does cater to your dietary restrictions and you are able to fill a whole plate full of vegan goodies or two or three or four plates, just at least make sure to take a couple of digestive enzymes before and afterwards. They will definitely help you to digest all of the extra carbs and fats and hopefully avoid being a farty, bloated (laughs) whale. Um, And if you do plan on drinking, my go-to, vodka, water, and lime. Low-cal, you can never go wrong with that. And again, Make sure you're drinking just as much water as you are booze. And finally, I will leave you with a quote that will hopefully help keep you on track and focus this holiday season. And it is, discomfort arises just before progress is made. And I have no idea who said that quote, but I always think it's a good one. Whenever we feel uncomfortable to remember that that could very well be the breaking point where good things are on the other side. So stay strong. Happy holidays. Enjoy this time. Um, And of course, it's totally okay to need some alone time if your family members are uh, causing you a lot of stress. Susan, don't drink too much. Yeah. Stay safe. And uh, just a, a note, we will be taking a little break from the podcast over the holidays to enjoy spending time with 
family. And Susan, where can everybody find you on social media? Twitter and Instagram as at Susan underscore vegan RD. Facebook as Susan McFarlane Nutrition. And that's also my website is Susan McFarlane Nutrition.com. So be sure to hit her up. And in the meantime, have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. All the best. Stay strong. Well, and that is it for this week, folks. And actually, that is it for this year. And we will resume in 2018 with all kinds of insightful, informative, engaging, entertaining interviews and episodes. At least we hope so. I guess this will be our official happy holidays send-off to everybody listening. And a big thank you to all of you who have been supporting this podcast since we launched it eight months ago. Can you believe that? Eight months? Last yeah, no, April. I, I can't believe it. It feels like we just started. I know. You right? know what they say. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so true. What song will we be singing to conclude the holiday episode and, of course, the final episode of 2017? Sarah, it's got to be a good one. Oh, it is. I went with the family favorite from the very special Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic yes, 90s yeah. pop version of every holiday classic song. Yeah. Um, Brundy MC's Christmas in Hollis. Which is not actually a Christmas carol, but... An original. And so good. Let's do so this. So let's listen to two white chicks rap. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking fake chicken and collard greens. Rice and stuffing macaroni and peas. And Santa put gifts under Christmas trees. Decorate the house with lights at night. Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is a Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe as we drink veggnog. The rhymes you hear are the rhymes of Sarah's. But each and every year we bust Christmas carols. Christmas carols. Dun, 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 dun. Rhyme so loud and proud, you hear it. It's Christmas time and we got the spirit. Jack Frost chillin', the orca's out. And that's what Christmas is all about. The time is now. The place is here. And the whole wide world is filled with cheer. Our name's Shorky with the mic in our hands. And we're chillin' and coolin' just like a snowman. So open your eyes, lend us a near. We want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Nice beatboxing. <laughs> I really got into that one. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's it for us, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Shorky Sisters out. Oh.